Hello, and welcome to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gerrand, and I'll be giving you my honest thoughts on the books I read. While the reviews will be short and to the point, they'll include everything you want to know without any spoilers to help you figure out what you should read next. So with that said, let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to Adaptation August. That is the monthly theme for August, specifically books that have been or are in the process of being turned into TV shows. And if you are a part of the Brutally Honest Book Club on Instagram, then you will know, as with every month, that theme is also being applied to the book club. So if you are interested in joining that book club, all you have to do is follow Brutally Honest Book Club on Instagram and get in on that for the month of August, where you can see what we're reading and you also have access to all sorts of other exclusive content. But as you will have seen from the title of this episode today, this is going to be a book review specifically about the book, The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. So this title might sound familiar to you because one, it is a Reese Witherspoon's book club pick. I have shared my thoughts on Reese Witherspoon's picks in the past, say that five times fast, and normally it is very hit or miss for me. This ended up being one that I did enjoy. And in general, I do recommend it. There were some pros, there were some cons, and obviously we are going to get into it. But first, let's just give a little bit of context. So the way that this fits into Adaptation August is because this already is a TV show, specifically on Apple TV Plus, starring Jennifer Garner and the Danish actor Nicola Koster-Waldo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but a lot of us know him as Jamie from Game of Thrones. And very quickly, just to give you a summary of what this book is about, it's about a recently married husband and wife by the names of Owen and Hannah. Owen, though, has a daughter from a previous marriage named Bailey, who's about like 16, but he has recently married Hannah. They are living together in Sausalito, California. But one day he mysteriously goes missing and only leaves two notes, one for his wife, one for his daughter, along with a duffel bag full of cash. And the rest of the novel is just sort of figuring out why he disappeared and more about his mysterious past because he's not exactly the individual that he led both Hannah and Bailey to believe. So this review is going to be a little bit tricky just because I don't want to give away any spoilers for this book, which is something that I normally do. But when we're talking about a suspenseful, mysterious thriller, it does become a little bit trickier. So hopefully you guys can just bear with me. But let's just get into the review itself. What I liked, what I didn't like, who I think this is good for, and my star rating. So something that I really liked about this book is the fact that you are thrown right into the story from page one. There is no messing about, no over contextualizing. It starts off right from page one, right in the thick of the action, which is Owen's disappearance. Like I think from the first page, it's when Hannah gets the note that he left her. And something that actually just occurred to me while I'm doing this review that I hadn't really thought of before is the fact that we never 
will meet Owen in the present tense. I know that seems like a spoiler, but I promise it's not just because it is told entirely from Hannah's perspective and we do get flashbacks to Owen and there's something else that happens at the end of the book that we're not going to talk about, but for 99.99999% of the book, you actually aren't engaging with Owen directly, which is really interesting because again, it's told from Hannah's perspective and you get her interactions with Bailey and things like that. But it didn't really occur to me until I was doing this review that we actually never get Owen in the present tense, which is very interesting. And something else that I really enjoyed about this book is that when you read the summary of the book, you're like, okay, this sounds really good. It sounds really interesting. It sounds very suspenseful. But I was afraid that it was going to be, you know, good and entertaining, but very cliche, very typical. Like the plot would follow a very stereotypical plot. But since this book opens right away with a ton of action and a ton of, I don't know if I'd say plot twists, but a lot of things right out of the gate. I immediately knew that this was not going to be the typical thriller because just in the first 50 pages, you get two notes that he's left to his wife and his daughter, a duffel bag that he left to Bailey in her locker full of like $600,000, FBI agents that show up at their house along with a U.S. marshal who's not working with the FBI agents and actually warns Hannah against them along with a couple other things. So there's no way that a novel is going to play all of its cards at the very beginning, right? Because then the rest of the novel would just be incredibly boring. So by playing so many cards just in the first 50 pages, you kind of know, okay, this is not going to go the stereotypical route and it's not going to be what you think it's going to be, which is something that I always enjoy because I do think that it's probably tricky as a thriller or suspense writer to come up with something that is original or does follow some sort of original timeline or plot line. I also have not found a way to talk about books in the way that I want to talk about them, specifically in regards to their readership. So I've thrown around some terms in the past like boy reads and girl reads, and I absolutely hate those terms because I don't necessarily believe in them. I know you guys don't either because anybody can read anything. A lot of people do read everything. You get what I'm saying? And it's just so separatist. It's so obnoxious. And again, I just can't think of a better way to talk about books. So if any of you guys have any ideas of how to express what I mean, because a lot of you guys do understand what I'm trying to say, right? So for example, a John Grisham book kind of falls into like a boy book category, right? or something that's like a book about war or one of these very cliche topics. Again, I don't believe in that term because I also read those books, right? And I'm female. A lot of other female readers do as well. Same thing with girl reads, like certain romance novels and things like that. However, at the same time, I do think it gives you a little bit of insight into what to expect from the book. So it does still kind of convey what I'm trying to say, but also not totally. So again, if any of you guys have any ideas of how to better express what I'm trying to say, please DM me. In the meantime, it is my hopes that you guys understand what I am saying. And the only reason I bring that up is because something that I really enjoyed about this book is that it feels like it is for all audiences. So even though it is told from Hannah's 
perspective, who is the wife. I know that male readers would also really enjoy this book just because it's not such a gendered perspective. And there are things that I think appeal to the average male reader. Like it does involve a lot of financial crimes and things like that. And it is just solely focused on the mystery of Owen's past. That being said, I also did really enjoy that it is told from the perspective of a female protagonist who is slightly older. I don't think they ever explicitly say Hannah's age, but I'm assuming that she's somewhere in her early to mid 40s, maybe late 40s. And while 40s is not old, there are certain parts in the book that I feel like a lot of mothers or older female readers might really appreciate or relate to. And also just because Hannah's character turns out to be pretty badass, just because she, you know, undertakes this horrifying adventure, I guess, just because, you know, her husband turns out to be not the person she thought he was. And she is left to care for Bailey and does take it upon herself to both protect Bailey and go about solving this mystery. And it does become very dangerous because there are things like gangsters and other individuals involved. And so Hannah does turn out to be a very, yeah, I guess, badass character. And I think that is really nice for older female readers to have a protagonist like that. That being said, I am hyping this book up quite a bit in terms of the mystery and the action and things like that. But it does need to be said that this novel, even though it is a suspenseful, mysterious thriller, the thriller is much more simmering, right? Like it's not too intense. It's not overly action packed. I would say that it stays at a very like simmering level pretty much throughout the entire novel. There are a couple times when the stakes are raised and it does get a bit intense, but it never really gets so extreme, right? And that can either be a pro or a con, depending on what type of reader you are, just because there are some suspenseful thrillers where, you know, it's the very cliche ones where like the female protagonist like is an alcoholic and it involves like a murderer and she sees something, but people doubt what she saw. And then the murderer comes for her. Like, again, that is very, very, very action packed. And that also follows like a very cliche plot line. So this one never gets that intense in the action that does happen. And some readers just really love that action. They never want to know what's going to happen next. They want their heart racing, their pulse beating, while other readers just want it to be a little less intense, but just as mysterious. And if you are the latter, then you will enjoy this book. There's something else that was really interesting about this book in terms of not following quite a conventional storyline is that the climax of the novel actually comes in like the last 20 pages. And again, I think that can be a pro or a con depending on what type of reader you are, just because there were a couple times throughout the novel where I was wondering where this is all going and how it was going to conclude. And then when there was only 20 pages left, I was like, how is this supposed to end? Like, I'm not even clear on, you know, I don't think there's enough pages to resolve this story essentially. But it turns out there were just enough pages and the offer did conclude everything and put a really nice neat bow on it. So the story does have a very clear start, middle and end, even if that end is only in the last 20 pages or so. 
But this does lead me to one of my notes that I had in regards to something that I didn't like about the book, or I just don't think served the book ultimately. And it's the fact that this book reads as if the author had the storyline already in mind. They already knew this is the story that I want to tell in terms of husband and wife, husband's disappearance, this main plot point as to his background and what exactly he was hiding. And specifically, though, what I feel like they had in mind before they wrote the book is the ending. And I feel like they had the main points mapped out and then went back in and filled it in. I have no idea whether that's how the author actually wrote the book. That's just how it reads. Again, specifically, like they had the ending in mind and then kind of went back through the story to fill it in. And I don't think that that is a bad way to approach a novel. Again, I have no idea if this author did that or not, but you could do that. And it's not inherently bad. I think it makes sense then as to why this book was adapted into a TV show, because it really serves the mini series structure, I guess, to a story. But I know that there are a lot of authors who start a book and you know, I understand that they start with concepts or plot points or things like that, but they often let the characters become real people. I know that sounds really woo-woo, but just, you know, bear with me, is they really start writing the story and the characters take on a life of their own and they end up making certain decisions and certain actions that just end up making sense for the character, even though that is not what the author originally intended but they follow it just because, again, these characters become very full, very rich, very real, and they end up realizing, oh, no, no, like they would do this thing. They would say that thing. This is how it should play out. And sometimes that can even result in a different ending for the book, just because they let the characters lead and which then informed the story. You also do not have to do that if you're a writer. I'm not saying there's any one correct way to write a story, but it just felt like for this story, something like that would have been more beneficial only because there's something about it where the characters feel boxed in. Everything feels very predetermined from the author, if that makes sense. And this might just be my own perspective. Other people who have read this might be like, what are you talking about? I completely disagree. Also respect that opinion. This is just how I felt reading the book. So everything felt yeah, it just felt boxed in and the story just felt kind of tight. Like again, beginning, middle and end, which on paper is a really good thing. I think oftentimes I praise stories that feel very, very tight, but in this sense, it didn't feel tight so much as boxed in. And I just feel like the author was so dead set on the ending that they had in mind rather than letting the story just flow freely, in which case I feel like it would have gone in a different direction based on where her characters would have taken her. Again, this might be me reading way too much into this Reese Witherspoon book club pick, which is just like a light and fun read, but that is the way that I feel. But I don't want to end on a negative note, so I'm going to throw in a couple other things that I really enjoyed. One, there were a lot of quotable lines in this, and they really flowed in very naturally. They didn't stick out, but a lot of things that I did end up highlighting or writing down that I really enjoyed and wanted to remember... 
I will also say that this is one of those books that is very consumable. And I've kind of talked about this before, but the way that I think about books or reading is oftentimes with the metaphor of food. So you know how oftentimes you might crave a certain dish or a certain food. You're like, oh, I'm just craving a burger. I'm craving fries or something salty, or I'm craving chocolate and something sweet. That is how I feel about books and book genres. So sometimes when you get certain authors and you just have this chemistry between writer and reader, there are certain books that read in a way that I like to describe as being very yummy or very consumable. And it's one that you just, again, have this chemistry between writer and reader, and you're able to just flow through it so easily and so quickly, and you're picking everything up, and the story is just progressing. And again, I don't think it's so much the story, but it's really just more the way that an author writes in terms of their verbiage or sentence structure and things like that. And so this book was very, very yummy or consumable for me. And I just really found myself just flying through it. Like, I think I read the entire book on a flight. Granted, the flight was like nine hours, but still. Which actually leads me to the page count because I forgot to mention that. It is about, it's about 370 pages and it was published and it was just published in 2021. But one last point that I do want to mention before I get into the star rating and wrap this episode up is I do feel like the main point of this novel is less about the plot twists, less about the suspense or the action. And really the main point of this novel is familial relationships. Everything from the relationship between a husband and a wife to a parent's relationship to their child, whether that be biological or guardianship or whatever, that really is the main takeaway from this novel. And that is something that I enjoyed because it is something that makes this book stand out amongst the rest just because there is a greater point to it, something with more emotional weight. And it is something that I think lends itself to a lot of parents or, you know, that could even extend to aunts and uncles or people like that who might enjoy this book quite a bit. But I'm also not a parent or an aunt or an uncle, and I really enjoyed this book, so it's not exclusive to those readers, but it is just an interesting perspective or focus for this book amidst all of these other suspenseful thrillers that oftentimes kind of bleed into one another. So that leads us to the conclusion of this episode. I think if I had to rate this book, I would give it three and a half. And a lot of you might be like, oh, three and a half, that's it. Like it sounded really good. Again, I do need to say this because I feel like it comes up pretty frequently. I do have my star rating posted on stories on Instagram on the Brutally Honest Books Instagram page. If you are unclear as to the star rating, it's one through five. I would urge you to go take a look at that. Also feel free to screenshot it if you want to save it, just because I feel like the star rating gets a little bit misconstrued. So again, one through five is a pretty compact rating system. So fives are reserved for classics, the greats, things like Jane Austen, Frankenstein, Tolstoy, right? And there are some modern classics that also end up falling into that category, things like Malcolm Gladwell books or whatever. So then that makes four stars books that I loved. Like I just thought they exceeded my expectation. They went above and beyond. 
And it's something that I would go out of my way to still recommend to somebody or buy for them, even if it's like unprompted. Like I really cannot say enough good things about this book, but it's not quite five star. It's not quite a modern classic that you have to own on your bookshelf, right? Three stars. This is where it gets the most misconstrued. I think people think that three isn't good, but again, only one through five. Three is on the upper half of that, right? If we were to split it in half, it would actually be two and a half. So three stars is when a book just perfectly matches my expectation for a book. So for example, when you read the summary of a book, you see who the author is, you do already have sort of preconceived notions as to how good you think the book is going to be. So three tends to be when it just perfectly matches my expectations, right? So I am giving this three and a half. I don't think that it's quite a book that I would go out of my way to buy for somebody, right? But it is something that in certain ways exceeded my expectation. And it is something that I think the main reason I'm bumping it up that half point is just because the author, although I do feel like they really boxed in the characters and the storyline, they did do certain things that I really appreciate that did feel original and original for this genre. So that is my rating. If you have read this, let me know what you thought about it. And if you have seen the TV show, feel free to also chime in and let me know if that is worth watching. I think that I'm going to watch it, but if you thought it was really bad, definitely let me know. And again, if you want to join the Brutally Honest book club and get in on the book that we're reading in August, then all you have to do is follow Brutally Honest book club on Instagram. As soon as you follow, you are immediately in the book club. You're in it for as long as you want to be in it. And something else I do want to mention is that you guys, the book club members, actually get to vote on the books that we read. So everything that we are reading is chosen by you guys, but you're also not obligated to read what we are reading. You can vote, you can interact with content, but if there's ever a theme that you just don't vibe with, a book that you just don't want to read, or you just don't have the time, you can absolutely skip it and just jump in whenever you want to. And as per usual, feel free to follow the main pages, Brutally Honest Books on Instagram and TikTok. And as always, the biggest way to support this podcast and what I do is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And stay tuned for the rest of Adaptation August and all the other fun episodes we have. I have a great interview with the author Helen Callahan next week, another book review, and then a classics and cocktails at the end of the month about The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. So be sure to stay tuned for all of those episodes and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like the show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books.